Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You are very welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast. My name is Cora Gernon. I created this space for women to share all of the details surrounding their pregnancy, labour, birth and everything in between without feeling shy about the detail. Sit back and enjoy over 100 hours of birth stories told by you, the listeners. Enjoy. Hello. I hope you've all had a lovely week. This weather is amazing. I just wish we lived in a country that had this climate constantly. We'd all be in great form although we've done, had nothing but sickness here this week Oliver was supposed to be in camp all week and he was in Monday and then just crashed Monday and we were battling a temperature all week but now he seems grand so uh, hopefully we'll be able to enjoy this weekend anyway this is a bit of a long intro this week because I wanted to answer some of the questions that um, you asked about the event coming up in well the live birth show birth stories show coming up in September on this podcast just before we dive into Fiona's story so a big question was capacity how many people are going to be there in my head I'd love 40 people to be there um, because I don't like walking into a big a big crowd of people I don't know it's not a big conference hotel style space it's a really small intimate space I want everyone to feel comfortable with each other um, and I yeah it's not a big staged show it's intimate um and that's what I had in my head. And I can always do more in the future if this one is um, a success, which let's hope it is. So I do have space to add more people, but let's see how things go. Another question was, can you bring your baby? Yes, babies are welcome, but uh, wobblers or pre-walkers won't have room to move around. So if your baby is happy to sit in a high chair or happy to, to be in a sling or in their 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 little bassinet pram yes more than welcome um but we just don't have the room and from health and safety point of view uh we can't have uh our little another question was what does the day look like so the day will we'll have two birth stories we will have a postpartum story with a couple and they will share excerpts from a diary that they kept during the postpartum period of their life um we will have a skincare specialist who's going to talk to us about antenatal and postpartum care. My skin is just like, it's, some, it's not my skin. 
since I've had kids. So that's going to be a nice chat to have. We're going to speak to a sex therapist about sex after childbirth, not only sex, but intimacy in general and how to have that conversation with your partner about your body um, in those early days, weeks and months, even years after having a baby, which is going to be really important. And then so we will break for brunch in between and then we will enjoy some yoga together. Really gentle stretch, nothing nothing fancy, nothing that's going to break a sweat. Um, led by Joe, who um, is one of our past guests. So that's how the morning's going to look. It's going to, the room is just going to, the area, it's not a room. We're not going to be herded into a room. The area is going to be absolutely gorgeous. There's beautiful um, gardens to walk around as well. And maybe... Someone suggested we could have some vendors there. And I'm thinking yes to that idea, um, but I need to get cracking fairly quickly. So if you have a small business and you would like to join us on the morning um, in Burtown House, get in touch uh, on the website or send me a DM on Instagram and we'll see what we can put together. I'd love to hear from you. So anyway, on to this week's episode. I share my chat with Fiona who talks me through her two pregnancies and the birth of her two gorgeous kids. So Fiona, with her first birth experience, she actually went into labour when she was at a wedding with her husband and it was up in Galway and her maternity hospital where she was being looked after was in Dublin. So that wasn't what she thought was going to happen. It wasn't what she expected and she didn't have a labour bag with her um, or hospital bag with her, should I say. So she talks us through that whole experience um it was very different to her her subsequent labor and birth um but she was supported in a lot of ways she was definitely given the time and space to kind of although her labor was quite quick to kind of settle into what she was doing and she was given um really good breastfeeding support after her son arrived but she did have an episiotomy, which is not what she wanted. And there's definitely parts of her story, which she thinks, um, just her story in general, not necessarily the hospital birth, which she says, but just the whole experience in general from not being in, in a comfortable environment that she knew already um, because she was in the hospital that she knew and she didn't know any of the faces. Um, so she definitely feel like she suffered, as she says, uh, PTSD possibly in the early days after her, her son's arrival. She then went on to talk about the birth of her little girl, um, which was very different to her first in terms of support and lack thereof. She also talks about her breastfeeding experience and that she suffered prolapse after her little girl was born. So, so much in this episode. So thank you so much, Fiona, for sharing your story. And as I mentioned, I will tag Fiona in the show notes um, so you can go over and look at her Feed Me Mother page if you are interested in some gorgeous breastfeeding clothing. I hope you enjoy. So Fiona, you're very welcome to the Ireland's Breast Stories podcast. Thanks, Cora. We're finally having this chat. I know I, I mentioned to the listeners the other day that, or last week, that we didn't have a new episode because we just couldn't get hold of each other all week. So we're finally getting to have this conversation at last. Yay! <laughs> so do you want to introduce yourself and talk about your business as well, just briefly, to let the listeners know where they can find you and then we'll get stuck into your birth stories. Um, so my name is Fiona Fahey. I'm originally from Limerick and... Uh, so since I had my second baby, I didn't return to work and I started a little uh, breastfeeding clothing brand called 
feed me mother um so yeah um so that's so that's keeping me busy and it's all new and a bit of an adventure so i'll make sure to tag everything in the show notes so followers can pop over and have a look at your page and look what you're doing because you have some really beautiful pieces in there as well oh thank you (laughs) so let's chat about um your birth stories did you plan your first pregnancy holidays in Spain kind of uh well not mishaps now by any means like we, we wanted uh to get pregnant but they, they both kind of came as I suppose nice little um surprises um so yeah I suppose um Shay was born in well 2017 so he's five now um and the pregnancy with him was was fine really I remember I used to cycle you know up and down the canal uh, to work I was working down in um, Grand Canal Dock at the time and um, you know just stayed fairly fit I suppose walking and you know just kind of kept moving as best as I could um, and I suppose then I was kind of coming up to the end of the pregnancy I just finished work I had like maybe two weeks until my due date and um, very good friends of ours were getting married in Galway and my husband actually was a groomsman and um, so I I decided to go uh, private street you know with with my first uh, pregnancy um, and uh, I met with the consultant and I was like we have this wedding like it's in Galway like I was feeling good and everything um, and I was like, you know, but should I go? Is it a bit too close, you know, to my Judith? Mm-hmm. And he said there was like kind of maybe like a 10% chance. And like we both thought that was, you know, like quite low, really. And I suppose it's just your first baby. I was like, there's, you know, I could be like two weeks after my my due date. And I'm that kind of person. I kind of like to stay busy and not to focus, I guess, um, you know, too much <laughs> on the Thing that's like happening um but I actually I should have said like during that time when I was pregnant I did a lot of like classes like you know preparing to breastfeed um hypnobirthing I was kind of big into like you know trying everything and kind of learning new things while I was pregnant I kind of really enjoyed mm-hmm. that side of it um so yeah so we went to Galway um two weeks before the due date and was feeling grand and like, you know, checked into this hotel in Galway uh, the night before the wedding. And Garvin went off and met like, you know, the, the wedding party. And um, coincidentally, actually, my dad is from Galway originally and he had some family around. So like I met them and my uncles and, you know, they were all kind of having a few drinks and, you know, it's like, you know, just having a great time really, you know, it was the summer and, uh, my feet were like fairly swollen, but they had been for about a month anyway, to be honest. Um, so um, I went back to the hotel room anyway, uh, you know, that night. And I remember Glastonbury was on the TV. So like I had a, like a jug of water next to the bed and I had a bath and I was like watching Radiohead at Glastonbury. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, happy out. Um and I was kind of delighted to be on my own, actually, because it, it was a bit of a busy, you know, kind of meeting people like from the wedding and then meeting family and stuff as well. 
Um, and everyone asks you the same question, especially when you're heavily pregnant, it's the same. It's a real conversational point, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I did feel like a bit like a bit of an elephant, to be honest. Like, but you know, like, yeah, it was kind of like a happy out, really. Um, so yeah, I was in bed and I think went, you know, went off to bed and then at like half two that morning I woke up and I thought like I had kind of wet myself um and I was like I remember looking at the jug of water and I had drank most of it um and I was like Jesus I must have drank like a lot of water and got up went to the toilet and there was kind of like a trickle of water kind of coming down my leg and I was like okay what's that um and then then I kind of had like full-blown diarrhea and I was like Jesus like you know is this food poisoning or something and I went back into bed I was kind of like okay this is like half two in the morning um like my husband still wasn't back you know he was up drinking with like the groom and you know whoever else and then I had to get up again and like back into the toilet and the next thing like you know huge pressure on my stomach um um but I was still a bit like Jesus like what's going on um but then actually I the reason why I thought it was food poisoning because I'm like sorry I'm like telling this really badly now but during the pregnancy um I got like a chance to go to Singapore like when I was around oh, wow. 20 or just yeah after 20 weeks so I was about halfway um and I I went to Singapore and got really bad food poisoning <laughs> and had to fly home on my own which was really really like like traumatic actually um and because I had I had lots of pain around the bump because I had diarrhea for like a full day before I, I went on the flight and then it just I just it kept like I couldn't it was just like really bad food poisoning and I had to go straight into Holler Street actually and I was like so upset because I was thinking the worst I was like oh I'm going to lose this baby like even on the plane um it was just torture like sitting there you know the the belts around the bump and like they were they they were kind of there were cramps really I suppose from the food poisoning but yeah it was just awful so I went into Hollow Street and they kept me in for like two days and gave me lots of fluids and um and I was kind of okay again but that that was a bit of a scary thing so in Galway that night, I was like, oh, Jesus, like, this is like the same thing, you know, again, like, what did I eat? Um, and yeah, I, I was kind of in and out of bed. And then, yeah, then like I, the pain then was like kind of they were coming kind of like like regular. So I was like, oh, my God, these are these must be contractions. You know what I mean? So I rang Garvin. I was like, I think you should come back to the room and we were like I was kind of you're just panicking because you know and I was like okay you you time them like let's try and get a handle on you know like are they contractions are they regular like and we rang Holler Street because I was like right let's go like let's get jump in the car we'll go to Dublin (laughs) because I was like I'm not staying here in Galway um and we rang Holler Street and they were like, no, no, like stay put. Um, like maybe you should go into, you know, University Hospital Galway. 
and um there was a lot of faffing like the two of us like gerbils running around the room um like trying to get a bag together oh yeah this was the other thing sorry i'm like really bad at it like i didn't bring a hospital bag with me okay so i just brought a regular i'd say it was definitely the lightest bag i've ever brought anywhere and like Garvin had said to me when we were leaving, he was like hospital bag. And I was like, no, like, why would I bring the hospital bag to Galway? Like, in, like, I know it sounds really stupid, but in my head, I was like, if I thought there was any chance I was going to go into labor in Galway, like, why would I go? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, no, I just kind of, I kind of felt like it, it would almost be like, um, I don't know, just... Like if I brought the bag, which is really silly, like you should always bring your hospital bag wherever you're going. So um, got a we got a cab. Like I just remember the walk down the corridor to the lift was like excruciating. Like I could barely walk. Um, and the taxi journey, like thankfully, like the hotel was quite close to the hospital. Like so that was good. Um, but I remember like sitting down in the back of the cab, like it was really tough going, like I couldn't really sit. Um, and like Garvin had obviously had like a few drinks. And I remember when it came to paying for the cab, he was like really slow <laughs> taking out his money. And I was like, the money, like, does it matter? Like, you know, kind of looking for like a tenor to go with the 20 I was like just screaming at him now at that stage because I, I was just you know like so and then we got to go like you know he dropped us off but there was like a really long walk again up into the maternity bit and I remember thinking like this I kind of knew like I, I like I there was so much pressure going on I was like this has to be it you know um and then there was just like this little hatch and we knocked and they kind of opened it and they were like, as if to say, kind of like, what do you want? And um, they were like, have you got your hospital folder? I was like, no. They were like, and you're, and you're in Dublin? I was like, yeah. And they kind of like reluctantly kind of brought me in and they were like asking me questions. And, you know, they were kind of saying at that stage, like, look, you'd probably be better off going back to Dublin. Um, and I was like, grand, like I in my head, like I was going to go back, drive us both back to Dublin um, that night. And then they're like, we'll just examine you. And um, like, I remember even that was so hard just being on my back, like and when they put the ECG thing on and stuff. Mm. And I was like six centimeters. Oh, wow. Already. Okay. Yeah. So then they were like, OK, like she's not. <laughs> you can't drive. <laughs> you can't drive and okay you're not putting it on like you actually are fairly you know advanced so um yeah they brought me in then and like it it just seemed really quiet in there and they had um like a bath like this new bath put in so I was in the bath for an hour and I love a bath anyway um so I was in there for an hour and like just having the bump like submerged you know under the water just really helped with the contractions and and with the pain and I suppose because I had done actually the only thing I had with me was my phone and I had my hypnobirthing music on it okay um so that really calmed me down because like 
the whole just be I I've just never wanted to be I you know I, I was just like this isn't happening this can't be happening I'm not I'm not doing it here kind of thing I was like I need to go back to Dublin so having the hypno birthing music just really calmed me down kind of got me into mentally like a much better place um like I used to play the affirmations in bed when I was pregnant and like I just found them very relaxing and like myself and Garvin like would both like like go off to sleep really fast you know from there was just something mm-hmm. very soothing about them so I suppose having the, my my music and the bath um was really helpful so I was in there for an hour and then I came out and I was starting to push actually in the bath um and they were kind of like oh, oh get out get out kind of thing and I was just like stark naked like kind of walking up the hallway and I just remember some of the nurses were like trying to like cover me up but I was just completely like in the I suppose in the you know the throes of it um like and yeah then we kind of went in then you know to the I suppose to the you know delivery room um and I was kind of on all fours for a while and the nurse I had like I remember she was American the midwife and she had like really cool glasses on and she was just so like supportive like she left me in the bath for as long as I wanted she totally got the hypnobirthing thing like she was just yeah she was just really supportive and she listened to me and she encouraged me and but uh I'm Fiona, how is Garvin at this stage? <laughs> like, he was just about sobered up. Uh, like, <laughs> I'm going to hang him out now. They were drinking whiskey. <laughs> so, like, yeah, he had kind of, I think the shock of the whole thing, like, really sobered yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He was actually helpful now at this point. <laughs> like, you know, an hour before that, like, he, he kind of wasn't, like, that much help. Um but uh, yeah, so like, I suppose, yeah, the, the pushing was, was kind of, you know, it was there. Um, but I suppose I think then maybe because they, they didn't really know anything about me. I think they were like, you know, maybe yeah. a bit nervous. So they were kind of like, would you go on to your back? And I was a bit like, I was kind of like, fine. But I found it so hard to push on my back, like really difficult. And I suppose being a first time mom I just, just the pushing I was like oh my god like because I because I didn't have like any like epidural or anything so I, I felt like I was really kind of with it but I remember mm. thinking like Jesus this is really difficult like and I can't push as hard as I should be pushing and I don't know was it was a bit of a mental block maybe from the hypnobirth thing I kind of wanted to like breathe the baby out as much as I could and like as someone who has kind of suffered from constipation on and off down through the years I'm a bit like anti-pushing anyway and okay yeah that's interesting yeah it's just like I kind of get the fear I suppose because you know like didn't want hemorrhoids but sure little did did I know (laughs) hemorrhoids are going to be the least of my worries um but uh yeah so they were like so basically um yeah forceps were kind of brought in then and like you know you have to put your feet into them I don't know like and I it's just like horrible um 
like but did they have the conversation around you to tell you that this was this is going to happen yeah they, they were kind of like so the consultant had come in now at this stage okay and um because we were getting close and yeah they, she was like you know like put your feet into the things and you know push and like it just wasn't really like working at all as soon as I went onto my back I felt like things kind of just like just yeah I just was kind of like not feeling confident and I was kind of getting a bit like ah with pushing even though like you know I mean I could feel the contract even with like being able to feel the contractions I still found it very hard to kind of like I felt like in the bath they were happening naturally and I was pushing Mm. you know but then as soon as we got out of the bath it just all seemed to get a bit like complicated um and then they're like, she was like, okay, I think Fiona, you're going to tear. So like, you're going to need an episiotomy. And like straight away, as soon as I heard episiotomy, like I just like alarm bells and off of my head because I, I just episiotomy to me just seemed like a really horrific thing. And I just didn't want one, you know, that kind of way. I was like, mm. no, <laughs> I started arguing with her. And she was like, well, like, she was like, well, it, an episiotomy is better than a bad tear. Um, so, I mean, look, you've no choice, really. Like, she's the expert. So I was like, fine. And I mean, I didn't, like, I felt the needle going in for the numbing of it. But like, I didn't feel the episiotomy itself. Because um, he was, a, he his shoulder or something was a bit stuck, I think, coming out. So I think that was like, you know, like one of the reasons. Um um but then like so yeah like like woke up at half two was in the hospital probably for like just after like maybe or for about half three and then Shay was born at 10 to 7 I think so like it was super super fast um um but like amazing at the same time like I remember Mm. like when he came out and you know and everything was okay I was like like I want like six babies like I was just like off my face (laughs) Mm -hmm. on like oxytocin and um yeah like it was just like it was amazing really um and he did he come up onto your chest yeah so they I had this little dress on from like pennies I think and you know they just like cut it and um like yeah put him onto uh my chest and um yeah it was just like it's just amazing um and yeah like I, I told them I wanted to breastfeed so um like you know again they were very supportive in Galway and um so I, like he was on my chest and I was kind of like you know I was like what do we do now? Do I try and latch him? Or I think they tried that crawl, you know, the baby crawl kind of. Yeah. It, it, it worked a little bit, but like not like, not like I had seen it in like a YouTube video. It wasn't quite like that. Um, and then at like 10 past seven, my sister like FaceTimed me. So like he was still like on my chest. Like she was living in the Netherlands at the time. And she, I think they're probably like an hour ahead. And she had like sat on her phone by accident or something. like FaceTime me and I was like literally like do you want to meet your nephew um it was you hadn't told anyone no she was only like I don't know the first like (laughs) like that was like like like, he was born at like 10 to and she rang like just after seven o'clock or something mad um so that was really cool yeah really uh, cool yeah yeah 
But um, and then like, yeah, they kind of like left me in the delivery suite for like most of the day. Like it was all super relaxed. And the nurse that came on that morning, the midwife, um, she sat down with me like for like a good while and like you know practiced the latch with me unlatching and like uh, that time that she gave me like was just like invaluable really because mm. she really sat I'd say she sat down with me for like at least a half an hour like um she was so good and then they brought me down um to the other you know ward and uh yeah then I was like inundated with <laughs> people from the wedding and like uncles from Galway that like I hadn't seen in years all coming in to like visit and I was like oh Jesus Christ um because I was like trying to kind of you know get a handle on the breastfeeding and like yeah topless is definitely the, you know like the best way um and uh yeah like I mean it's embarrassing really though like I, I mean I had people had to bring in clothes for the baby they had to bring in clothes for me because like we had nothing like you know like the hospital gave him like a little hat and like nappies and all of that because like we just had like nothing with us so Garvin's brother who was also home from London for the wedding like he just went out and like like bought all the little bits that you'd <laughs> that I had in my bag in Dublin um and uh yeah, like, so I stayed in for, like, the full, like, three days just to kind of give myself, you know, the best chance uh, possible. Um, and, and do you feel like you fully relaxed, even though you didn't have all your bits and you weren't in the in, kind of a familiar environment? Do you feel like you let yourself relax into it? Yeah, like, like what post birth is so weird, isn't it? Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it was a bit awkward. Like, yeah, I mean, they had to give me everything like pads, you know. Like, yeah, it was just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I was kind of like, I wouldn't say I was relaxed. Now, I'd say I was definitely in shock a bit. Um, yeah, and yeah, but like, it, you know, it was kind of like, kind of you know I was kind of just bit by bit I remember being like absolutely wrecked like kind of like looking at myself in the mirror and like I like I'd say I was just like so knackered that like I I could see like Shay's the bit like Shay's face and my face really clearly it was like I don't know I'd say I was just like half out of it to be honest um and physically, so how did you feel after the episiotomy? Yeah, like everything was very like numb, um, like really numb because like I was quite conscious of my pelvic floor when I was pregnant. So I, you know, I, I do Pilates anyway, but um, I was and I remember thinking like, Jesus, I can't, I can't feel anything, you know, as in like mm, I couldn't yeah. lift Um, just everything was like really numb. Um. But everything was working if, you know, I like did the first wee and all of that. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, it's all very messy, really, isn't it? Like, you know, straight afterwards. And um, but yeah, I kind of don't really remember anything like too kind of like horrific. I mean, I suppose because I had a natural birth, like I was up on my feet quite quickly, which was great. So I actually felt like 
kind of like physically like kind of like kind of okay you know what I mean mm. um I'm not a very fit person now by any means like I go for the occasional walk I do one Pilates class a week um but that's kind of it um but um yeah I was definitely feeling good in the pregnancy and I think that kind of helped I felt like that helped me with you know like giving birth and everything um yeah but yeah so then we had had to drive home then though um and like that was like really horrendous because yeah like like we'd no car seat so we got a car seat and I just remember walking out of that big long corridor again in Galway and like I had my nightdress on so I didn't really have any clothes so I had my nightdress my like a little jacket I had and I was wearing slippers and yeah we kind of you know we were all like oh yeah you know we're leaving but um I remember feeling really nervous in I just remember looking across at Shay in the back of the car and I was just kind of like oh my god like you know just just feeling really anxious and kind of overwhelmed and then I remember the engine light came on in the car as well and that nearly just sent me over the edge I was like like what's going to go wrong next mm. <laughs> you know kind of thing and we stopped at this little petrol station in Moat because Shay was crying and I think he was hungry. And because it was day three, like, you know, when you're breastfeeding, your milk comes in on day three. And I, like, yeah, I, I didn't, oh my God, like, it was just like, it was just horrendous. Like I was in the back of the car with him. It was a really hot day as well. And like, I was just so like, um, you know, I was like, just like Pamela Anderson, just like blown up with the milk. And because of that, then I was finding it really hard to latch him because mm. they were so, you know, like. Um, engorged. Engorged. Yeah. So I mm. couldn't latch him. He was hungry. I remember there was like builders across the road and I was like trying to like cover the window. So I was just like, you know, everything off, just trying my best. And um, I, yeah, I, I it was actually so bad. I had like the hypnobirthing back on in the car because I was like, this is actually just like, this is just awful. Um, and because I had been sitting in the car, um, you know, for a while, like I was, I went into the toilet at the petrol station. I had really bad, like blood clots because of the way I suppose I was sitting. Yeah, and I yeah. was like, I was on one of those, you know, those little rubber rings. Like, luckily yeah. I had one of them. Um, but uh, yeah, it was just like, I don't know, just to do that journey with a three day old baby and then like with the, with the milk coming in and everything. Like, so, um, I, we got home anyway and like my nerves were actually like shot I was just like just like couldn't cope just I was so nervous I'm a very nervy um backseat passenger anyway like I would normally do the driving so just the whole thing was just like way too much for mm. me um and we got in and the public health nurse um called in and she it was like straight away like like she had to like like hand expressed me they were just so kind of you know engorged and she was amazing like she was just like you know as if it was like perfectly normal like you know there was like milk flying everywhere and um you know she just you know made total light of it and was just really kind of supportive and encouraging um and the relief like because only did it for me here 
because I was sitting there and I felt so like I remember saying to her like I don't want to feed Eva again it's it's that painful and I feel like yeah. vomiting every time I did because you know when it's just that bad yeah and she 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 did it and the relief was it was only that you know she watched I don't maybe she did it for not even a minute but yeah. there was such a huge amount of relief yeah and then I knew how to do it you know exactly yeah because you know going forward then was you know it's very like handy thing to do when you're in the show it was just that yeah. first time like and like yeah he was just hungry and yeah so as soon as she was able to get them down then we were able to latch him and mm. you know I just kind of felt like oh you know kind of like and we were at home um and yeah like we were just super like not prepared like we didn't have the 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 crib built or anything like I don't know what what the feck I I think just I had it in my head that like it'd be like I, I'd go over because it was my first baby and you know we'd have like lots of time to kind of get stuff ready um but, but also isn't it hard to to believe that you're having a baby yeah it's probably that as well yeah you're, I, re- yeah. I remember fe- I remember sitting on the couch one day here I got on mat leave and I was like I I, I can't I can't believe that I'm actually going that it's actually going to happen yeah you know? you're, you're pregnant <laughs> that's like it's the first time as well yeah yeah you're just like oh yeah that baby's in there but yeah, I think there's a, there was almost like a disconnect, like even though yeah, I've yeah. been doing the hypnobirthing and everything, I don't know. I just think like I'm one of those people I don't like to be too prepared because I don't like to like preempt. I don't know. Yeah. Like I kind of prefer to just go with the flow, you know. Um, but yeah, that, it kind of um, backfired <laughs> a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think like, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like the episiotomy thing, like. I mean, like people kind of talk about like, the, you know, like in degrees, you know, whether it was like, like, I actually don't know. Like maybe it was like, it must be written down on a bit of paper somewhere, but like it was quite a large one. And like, it comes out like the scar it comes out onto my ass cheek. So okay. Yeah. So like it was quite a big one. And I remember, you know, like obviously first few weeks of breastfeeding are like, you know, just you're you know you're like you're trying to it's a new skill and you're trying to learn it and the baby has to learn it and you know that takes time um mm. and I remember thinking Gee, breastfeeding is so messy you know like there was like milk so I had a quite a like uh overactive kind of letdown you know but um but anyway that you know after the first few weeks and then I was like starting to go out and about a bit and I remember being in like shopping center and this like you know this lady came up and she's like oh how old is the baby and and I was chatting away to her and the next thing I just like like farted there's there's like no two ways of and like I had no control over it like it just mm-hmm. like and I had no zero control and I was like oh okay that's not like great and um then I had like rectal incontinence as well for a little while and I just kept thinking like Jesus Christ like what did they do to me I suppose because I was in that kind of honeymoon thing where I was like oh it all went kind of how I wanted it to go apart from you know being in the wrong county and everything but like I had a natural birth you know I kind of had all the the things I had hoped would happen um but then I started to get really panicky I because I said I didn't know the, the consultant um 
And I was like, just kept thinking that episiotomy, like there's something wrong. So like they sent me for like a scan, um, kind of like a rectal scan. And like they said, everything was fine. So I think it was just something with the the pelvic floor muscles at that Mm -hmm. end, because I didn't have any like leak issues. It just seemed to be the the other end of things where I was having like lots of problems. Um, So that was like pretty like unpleasant and kind of horrific when you want to be going out and about. But then I was kind of like almost a bit afraid really for kind of toilet reasons, which is like ridiculous. Um, So I went back to Holler Street and um, like was with the physio there for long, for a good six months, if not more anyway. And, um, you know, worked on my pelvic floor and kind of got it back, um, you know. Yeah, so, um, so, yeah. um. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, It's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So out of my two children... Eva is naturally the most curious. She wants, she's in at everything. She wants to see what's in every press. She wants to see how every toy works. It's just into everything. And although it's, it's just a new way of parenting that I didn't have with Oliver. I just had to be prepared for this child who needs constantly, who's being stimulated constantly. So say hello to Brain Building with Panda Crate. It's exactly what I needed. It's a subscription service for Play Essentials designed just for babies and toddlers aged 0 to 24 months. 
It's created by play experts at KiwiCo in partnership with Seattle Children's Hospital. Panda Crate is thoughtfully designed with care to stimulate your baby's brain development through play. Panda Crate is a science-backed, research-based approach to play and recognises that there's more to babyhood than the milestones itself. So within the Panda Crate, there was lacing beads. So Eva can sit down and do something like a jigsaw, but she'll have it done really quickly. And she, with the lacing beads, it takes her just a couple of minutes and she has to use both hands so she can really explore each piece, thread the shapes onto a string and develop bilateral coordination. Really, really handy. And also there is a peg puzzle. So it's another way to solve shapes and it's nice. They're nice wooden, robust toys. They're easy to clean, nice solid shapes. And I find the other toys that you put, for her anyway, to put, uh, say, a block into something is far too easy. So the peg puzzle was just really handy. It challenged her a little bit more than the others. Whether you're a first-time parent or not, Panda Crate provides a way to simplify the early years with just right products to support your baby's rapid development in the first two years of life. Countless errors go into creating the playthings in this box. KiwiCo designers ideate, iterate and prototype test, review and revise and then they do it all again. So every material, colour, angle and curve is a thoughtful choice designed to stimulate your baby's brain development through play. And as I mentioned before, you can really see that in, especially with the pieces in the peg puzzle. Unlock brain building play and create a foundation for early learning with Panda Crate from KiwiCo. Get 30% off your first month plus free shipping with code IREBIRTH at kiwico.com. That's 30% off your first month at kiwico.com with promo code IREBIRTH. On to the rest of this week's episode. How long did you breastfeed him for? I breastfed for nine months. And then I, I think I bumped into like a girl from like this so there's a really good like breastfeeding group in the community through the public health nurse and I used to love going up um and doing the weigh-in because Shay just was a feeder like and you know he just put on weight straight away was like really chubby and I just loved showing him off you know that kind of way <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> um and uh and yeah and it was a great way to meet people as well but uh, yeah he was nine months and I met a girl and she was like, oh, I've like switched to formula now. Like it's so much easier. Like I can, you know, go out or, you know, and um, I was kind of like, yeah, I want that. I think I was probably like tired and a bit like we'd had really bad nipple thrush actually. Um, and that, like, I remember the, the public health nurse saying to me, like, like I had a very easy like breastfeeding journey, really. Like I didn't need any help other than like the local public health nurse um no latch issues or anything so but then when we got the the nipple thrush um it was around the four month mark and I remember her saying to me like this is your breastfeeding breastfeeding challenge now because you've kind of had a very I kind of had a very handy kind of run of it really like like the breastfeeding just seemed to be to kind of work out very well and you know it's natural mm. like really once we kind of learned learned it um but uh yeah Jesus the pain was like 
like I remember I had shingles when I was in college and like the pain was like akin to that in my my nipple and like when I was feeding and stuff there was an awful lot of pain there um and we so we even we pushed through that even even though it was like impossible to get the correct um medication because the doctors like just aren't really up to speed with like breastfeeding you know kind of things like that um so I actually rang a lactation consultant and she gave me like basically the prescription of what I needed over the phone I handed that to the doctor and then he he gave me what was on that bit of paper okay yeah no I didn't go back to that doctor I I actually left because I was really unimpressed with um well the lack of knowledge really but um so we even got over that but yeah I got to the nine months and yeah switch to formula and then like now I was like I'm not doing making up you know the formula I was like I'm getting the ready-made stuff because I was like I breastfed for nine months you know what I mean um mm. I was like I saved us quite a bit of money so money yeah I was like you know I'll, I'll do this for a couple of months but like in hindsight like we were so close to the one year mark and to go kind of fiddling with like you know, um, you know, with the bottles and having to like disinfect them and like mm. doing all of that, I was like, okay, this is like not quite as easy as, you know, I kind of thought it was going to be. And like, um, yeah, obviously we were on solids then as well and stuff, but yeah, I really kind of regretted not going to the one year mark because it would have been just easier to stay breastfeeding for like another three months. And then, you know, you can switch to cow's milk anyway. Whereas like, I remember I was kind of giving him the follow on milk, like, you know, which like is just a bit of an advertising kind of marketing thing. Anyway, the follow on milk. Um, And around that time as well, around the nine months mark, um, I, someone in our, like someone in our family got like diagnosed with cancer and they were quite young and that just came as a real like out of the dark kind of like just out of the blue kind of really unexpected you know because of their age um and my own mother had breast cancer and she died at 41 so she had it like really young and yeah I think like sorry I think it was like the maybe like I kind of had a bit of like post-traumatic stress I think from like a really fast birth um and I think it's really hard becoming a mother for the first time when you've lost your own mother Mm. so yeah so I went to um, a counsellor actually around that time and it actually made me realize like I've never gone to a counselor before Um, because when you finish breastfeeding as well it's it's really kind of um, it's a bit yeah it's a bit of a sad kind of a time and I think Mm -hmm. maybe something due to your hormones or something so between the kind of the family member you know being diagnosed with the cancer and then yeah finishing breastfeeding and yeah I just kind of realized I actually had a lot of like unresolved stuff that I kind of hadn't ever you know dealt with so (laughs) it was a bit of a like a funny time but like in a way I'm glad I did go and talk to someone you know I felt like the first kind of couple of months were like even six months like 
you know, were great. And then I almost felt like I kind of got a bit of the postnatal thing quite, it was almost like delayed really, I think. And I think maybe the finishing the breastfeeding was like a bit of a trigger. And then, yeah, just a few other things just seemed to kind of, but it was, you know, it was good. Like it really helped me and, um, like it was kind of a hard time, but I feel like I kind of worked through it and did it the right way. And, um, and yeah, kind of, yeah, just kind of like, I'm glad it happened. Cause I, I you know, I, like when you lose like your, you know, anyone when you're very young and you, you never talk about it and then you become a mother yourself, like there was a real trigger. I think it was a really, mm-hmm. um, triggering thing for me. So, but, um, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah, <laughs> she was says good. crying. <laughs> no, because when you do finish breath, I, I experienced it with Oliver and I didn't expect it because I, again, I, di- I didn't know this could happen to you. And I, yeah. and I just thought I kind of felt like triumphant in a way. I've done my seven months now. I'm going to finish. I was sad to finish, but I didn't, I didn't know what was ahead of me. Like I just crashed massively like yeah and, and it was like uncontrollable and I didn't know what was going on my hormones just crashed yeah. and then uh like you near the high nearly disappears you know that yeah, new baby high just disappears it was. It was like the high mm. was gone and I felt very flat in myself and mm. I, I think as well that the, like I'm not really like much of a crier but it's actually probably I think it's good now I'm more comfortable with crying but like if I was watching like like something on the TV and like even a cartoon or something. And like, it was like a tiny bit sad. Like I would start crying and I couldn't stop. Like, and like, you know, Garvin would be sitting next to me going, are you okay? But like, it was like all of a sudden the floodgates, like I actually couldn't stop crying. And I like, that's why I went like, not like constantly, but like if I started crying at all, I it was just like this outpouring of like I don't know it was obviously a bit of pent up grief or something that was in me and mm-hmm. um, so that was the I was like Jesus I have to go talk to someone because I was actually getting a bit fed up of it myself you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, so I knew that, like I had to kind of go chat to someone and um, it's amazing that you found it beneficial because I did too I went yeah. um, when Eva was like four or five months old, if not a little bit older. And again, that was the crash of hormones at like this slump at about four or five months as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think like every woman, you know, post birth at some, you know, at some stage, like I think this is why your podcast is great, because it's it's given women a platform to talk about their experience you know of their their birth story which can be like wonderful and traumatic all at the same time mm-hmm. and um yeah I think it would be good for people to kind of like once they've yeah die, you know with time see, the thing is you're so busy as well when you've a newborn you know what I mean yeah. like these things like you can be very unaware of your own like well-being really as as we all know um so yeah so in a way I suppose it was actually good I think yeah stopping breastfeeding in a weird way kind of like um yeah you know just it just a few things happened that kind of um yeah it's just a bit of a weird time I think so when did you feel ready to 
Well, when did you add to your family again or when did you discover you were pregnant again? Yeah, so I think it was when she was around like a year and a half or something. We went on a holiday <laughs> and came back and then we were pregnant with Sadie. So like, so she is five now and Sadie was, yeah, three in April. So there's kind of like... 22 months or so um between same them. between my two. Yeah. Oh really yeah yeah oh yeah it's like I actually like there's four years between me and my sister and like at times I've thought like that must have been a piece of cake <laughs> for my parents like, <laughs> <know>. <laughs> but like we went on a we're just back from a holiday this year and uh like they got on so like they got on so well like you know, and they played with other kids a little bit, but like because they have each other and they're so close in age, you know, they're just like best pals, friend yeah. pals, yeah. But um, yeah, so um, yeah, the pregnancy with Sadie. So I was with this pregnancy. Then I was like, okay, I'm going to do. I actually did the hypnobirthing again. I did another course in it because I was just like, it, I just thought it worked so well. It just really got me through. Um, everything that you know that happened in Galway and I was like I want to like kind of do it again just to kind of freshen up on it um and I also did the um like the perineum massage oh yeah okay I really wish I had known about um first time round um because but that's quite daunting to do like for me I don't think I'd be able to do it just because I feel weird about that area anyway after yeah. having babies. Yeah. Do you, how did you feel? Yeah, like I, I was a bit like, and I don't even know why, because to be honest, the damage was done really from like the first time. Um, But yeah. I, I got the oils and I was like, you know, doing it, trying to do it myself, but very hard, like when you have the bump in front of you, like very hard yeah. to see what you're doing. And like, so I'm just like it's even though like I've given birth I'm still like fairly clueless on a lot of my anatomy which is like really bad so I was like I'm not really sure if, if I'm actually doing anything or not um and I went to the Milltown um physio um women's mm-hmm. health place and paid someone to <laughs> do it and yeah like it was way more intense than like what I was kind of doing in the shower um so I just was like I want to give myself the best I was still super afraid of like the episiotomy thing again I was like she you know um so I was kind of like arming myself up I suppose a bit um but like the pregnancy was 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 fine like everything was like kind of straightforward and um I you know came up to my due date and nothing was really happening and I was like okay like this is kind of a new a new one because I was obviously like two weeks early the last time and I was I wasn't really expecting to kind I kind of thought the same thing like like might happen again um so then I was like oh crap like and I think I went into it on the Friday and they were like look we'll give you the weekend because I kind of wanted to just keep things as natural as possible and they're like if nothing happens then we'll bring you in next week and maybe you know like start some of the in you know induction or inducement kind of um things that we can do so I went straight in for acupuncture I think that Saturday morning um 
like I've never tried it but like I was kind of like I only have the weekend to kind of get things moving and before I went to the acupuncture I I had my show like you know the mucus okay and because with Shay I didn't even have any of that like the whole thing was so fast like you know like I had the little trickle of water all right but um I didn't I I didn't remember any mucus plug or anything so I was like okay this is good you know things are are kind of starting anyway and did the acupuncture like it was grand it kind of left me like with a kind of a cold feeling I didn't really um enjoy it um but um yeah things started to happen and like because we had Shay already I was a bit like worried like I'm sure you were the same you know I was like who's going to mind Shay if if I go into labor now during the night and I was getting I was getting quite like stressed and anxious about that and um because we don't really have any family in Dublin um and I brought my dad um to come up and so so he kind of was up during this time and uh which was very good of him to come up but I kind of felt because he was here I couldn't really because I was obviously kind of like you know nesting and you know that you're kind of going into the zone a bit and yeah I just remember because you know I have a great relationship with my dad because like he he brought us up really you know on his own because our man was so young you know what I mean so we're both really close to our dad but it was what age were you when your mum died I was 12 12 yeah so but no my dad is great and like was so hands-on you know with Shay when he was and he's actually from Galway so like (laughs) he was delighted with uh you know Shay having Galway on his passport um but uh so he was here and I just remember like I was kind of on my ball and I kind of was starting to feel um I suppose mild um contractions um and I was kind of I, I found the ball actually really good you know I'd just be like bouncing on the ball kind of in the zone um and yeah I went up to bed then that night and like I slept the night but I was definitely having like contractions like you know kind of during the night um and then I woke up like that morning, probably at like six, and I was like, "Oh, I think I think things are kind of this could be it." And ask you a question, sorry. Yeah. How did you feel when you knew that things were starting and that you were going to give birth again? Did you feel? Were you nervous? Did you feel ready? Were you excited? Yeah, I was. I was ready. Like I kind of felt like like I was almost kind of. I was starting to worry that like I wouldn't have kind of like the amazing experience I'd had the first time like even though like but it it, it kind of was amazing like I I birthed you know Shay like you know without too much interference you know what I mean and that's kind of what I had wanted but I think with Sadie then I was kind of like oh god like is this going to be really different and mightn't go the same way and you know um and then like and then just having my dad here I just I felt like I just kind of couldn't get into the kind of like the zone with it or something I don't know it was just kind of weird I suppose when you when you're kind of like going into labor like like I like I would be very kind of like with the hypnobirthing I found it really easy to kind of 
go into my myself mm. a bit and like um kind of visualize um like you know the way cats would often like go down to like the bottom of a garden or something to give birth like mm. I was that cat you know and I kind of feel like just having someone else here was just it was kind of like disturbing me a little bit kind of just going into my kind of labor mode um a tiny bit but um but yeah so when I woke up that morning I was like re- I was actually very calm um and like like my dad is ridiculous like he'd sleep in till like 11 o'clock so I was like I'm going to give him until half seven and then I went in like knocked on the door I was like dad like like it's happening we're we're going in um and so I had this big worry about like you know it being during the night and just like who's going to mind Shay and and so then it was like it was just all so kind of like civilized in comparison to the last time, you know, yeah. like, and walked in and like contractions were definitely getting like closer. Um, but, you know, like I waited in the reception, we kind of like chatted to the guys and then they were like, yeah, go up and um, went up and yeah, like met two midwives um like they had this like computer thing and like in the corner of the room and they're like oh it's not working so we can't get your file and I was like it's grand like I didn't have a file the last time so it really doesn't make any odds to me but like I think oh yeah how I wasn't quite as far along as I was when I went in with Shay I think I was only like four centimeters or something and I was like, oh, well, I go, I was like, I might go home again then because I was like being in the hospital, I knew like wouldn't kind of help me, you know, kind of get in the zone. And uh, they were like, no, because, you know, it's your second baby and you had such a fast birth the last time, you know, things would probably happen quite quick. And um, and yeah, they did then kind of same thing, like started with like diarrhea, kind of like the pressure. Um, but like. I don't know the, yeah I, the midwives were like on the computer a lot and stuff and it just like I found it really like distracting because I was like it's not working anyway so like what's the point in like hovering over by the by this kind of computer thing um and yeah I like kind of like the same now as the last time like things did kind of take off very fast um but the one thing I noticed was like, there seemed to be a lot of blood, like I just seemed to be kind of, and like no one was kind of saying anything either. And like, I don't know, like the, the midwives, like it was just different to the last time. Um, they were a bit like, Meh, when I, like I said, I, I, you know, I was practicing hypnobirthing, got a very kind of like meek kind of, barely a response um like I I suppose I was all kind of notions as well I was like I was like I want a birthing stool (laughs) because uh, you know I kind of felt like if I could get down a bit you know you know I might be able to do it but like birthing stools are really low to ground (laughs) and like there wasn't a hope like my uh my uh quads or my glutes were going to like you know like help me with the birthing stool um and yeah like I was kind of they kept then hooking me up to the I was on the like the ECG thing with the thing around my belly 
a lot. And like that was kind of one of the things I didn't want because I just wanted to be able to move around, stand up if I wanted to do whatever, like my body was kind of, I just wanted to lean into kind of what my body was yeah, doing. Yeah. And I just found them really annoying. And like, I think because of the blood or something, they were like, no, no, you need to be on this. And just felt very like, like, you see, you're in such a vulnerable place when you're in labor. And uh, like, I really wasn't feeling the love from them now, I must say. And if, if, if Garvin wasn't there, like, like, I don't think I could have gotten through it, um, you know, as well, because like, he was really like in my corner, encouraging me, like they barely said a word, like if anything, it was, they were just annoying me, like it was quite a small space and like, they weren't very supportive. They, you know, like they were just kind of annoying me. And I think then as well, I was get, I was feeling quite tired. And I remember, so say I went in, I think like, you know, like half seven, eight o'clock and um, like about halfway through the morning, I was like starting to feel tired and um I was like looking at the clock a lot. Like I was like, oh God, maybe I can't do this without an epidural or maybe I, you know, I was kind of like starting to kind of lose kind of my mental strength, I think a bit. And um, like, you know, I was kind of like fussing a bit and that I was like, no, I don't want to be like on my back. And uh, um. Yeah, I, I they were kind of like, yeah, you can go on your side or, you know, lean over the pillows and stuff. Um, Because I was really adamant I was not going on my back after the last time because I just found it like impossible to push. Like you're not meant to push on your back. Like it's ridiculous. Like such a like that they're still even doing it in this day and age. Because like, wasn't it something to do with like King Henry or something? Like it's like some yeah, yeah. thing. But um, so I went on my side anyway and um, the, yeah, the, the, the kind of, they were like, okay, because I was still doing the gas and air and they're like, oh, no, 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 now Like it's time to kind of like push now. And I, I remember feeling really like knackered um, and I pushed and they like consultant was in the room at this stage and uh I, she came up to me like I, I didn't know her she wasn't the consultant either that I had like basically I didn't get the consultant on either um either uh birth but um she was like because I, I was like well I want to I want I was like you know the hypnobirthing I want to like try and you know breathe out you know with the, the pushes or whatever and she like she kind of came up and like kind of into my ear was like like, I know you've done the hypnobirthing, but like, if you don't push, like, you're going to be kind of brought down for a cesarean. And like, I was in my head, I was like, you like, like, bitch, if I'm honest. Um, but I knew exactly what she was doing. You know, she was kind of like trying to kind of, and it, like, I suppose it worked. Like, I, I, I pushed and I, like, Sadie came out quite like um easily really like I think it was only like maybe two pushes after that and she was out like I couldn't kind of believe it because okay. I was like wow like she's out and I just remember like seeing her head and it was just like 
so like perfectly kind of round the shape for something. Mm-hmm. I don't you know. It was just like like such a beautiful um sight and um yeah because we we had like for both of them I kind of knew their gender you know from the scans I just kind of wanted it that way and we kind of had their names and stuff so it was just lovely to kind of um yeah to meet Sage yeah Yeah. um and and yeah no stitches so I was like oh my god the perineum massage is amazing (laughs) yeah but um I don't know, like second time round as well. Like, um, I'd love to know how many people actually get stitches or episiotomies anyway, because I would imagine things kind of open up a lot more like easily. Um, but I would definitely recommend like I think in Sweden, like they do like perineum massage is really like common and they all do it. And there's a really low episiot- episiotomy rate in Sweden I think I remember reading that at the time um so I was delighted with the I was like yay those stitches like go me um and yeah like like in comparison to the experience I had in Galway just definitely left me feeling kind of cold um and I stayed that night the night she was born and I think I actually I don't know, did I only stay one night or two nights? But I definitely didn't stay like the three. I kind of came home um, as quickly as I could because I just felt like I would get better support at home and I would be more relaxed at home. And I suppose as well, like I like I didn't have stitches. I was I was in I felt like I was in really good nick afterwards. So I kind of felt ready just to kind of get up and go um but I did make sure that I got like you know help from the the midwives with the breastfeeding because you know it's like a new baby it's like a new uh breastfeeding journey again you know what I mean you kind of have to relearn it a bit um but yeah I just found it so busy in comparison to Galway um like I wouldn't be shy now in using a buzzer but yeah, just at nighttime, like it was just like I just felt like no one kind of came came near me really. Um, so I just was like, yeah, I'm just gonna go home. Um, and and like and you know it was fine and like it was it was so nice to leave and just to hop in the car, not be in bits, and like five minutes door to door was like so nice. I just remember thinking oh my god like this is this is how it it's probably meant to be you know what I mean like even though most people would have a bit of a drive to be honest you know from like the hospital but just Galway to Dublin that time was just like so horrific so this it just shows how much um what happened in Galway kind of can possibly contributed to your postpartum recovery Yeah, yeah yeah definitely yeah like I definitely feel like like even I remember when coming home with Shay, like um, you know, the first few days afterwards, like I remember, like my mother-in-law was here, you know, to give us a bit of a hand, and mm. her, I, I couldn't, like, you know, there was like the first bath, like I couldn't even be in the same room, like I was so afraid, like that one of them, like would like I don't know, would like drown him or something, like I was so like over the top with anxiety 
like and I think you know Garvin like when you know he was in his little bassinet thing next to the radiator and I like the heat was on and I just remember like I just flipped like I I was just so kind of like over anxious and like definitely I think like a bit of like post-traumatic stress like Mm -hmm. you know because it was just so fast you know what I mean it was just crazy fast um and Sadie was like like in and around this like I mean I went in yeah half so Sadie was born at half 12 so and I went in at like half seven eight o'clock so like that was quite fast but it didn't feel as fast like I really felt like I was watching the clock and I was kind of like I can't do this I can't do this like I'm, I'm going to need I don't know help or like I just couldn't kind of figure out like where I was in the in the journey you know what I mean I, I kind of yeah. I just found the just I just didn't feel like there there was just a lot of like like I just really felt if I'm honest it would have been a lot easier for them just to give you like the epidural and have you like tied to the bed is actually how yeah. I feel about it because yeah. it's a lot easier if someone's on their back or whatever like it's just more <laughs> I this is obviously my this is my personal opinion but um and yeah how like, long did you breastfeed her for two years uh, she was like two years and two months um so yeah, I was like, if I can, I'll go to like, you know, the, the 12 months this time. Um, and sure, yeah, it just like continued on. Um, I suppose like the difference was like, I didn't go back to work, you see, after I had Sadie. Mm. So it's, it's you know, it's it's a bit different when you're you're kind of at home anyway. But like, I think when you tell people that you, bre- you, you know, you breastfed for that amount of time, they're like, oh, my God, like. Like, but like at that age, like it's only one, like for us, it was like one feed in the morning and that was it, you know, so the exact same. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're, it's not like the early days where you're kind of a little bit, you know, sat there and they, they feed a lot more, you know, it's like, it's totally different. It's more like Mm. just, um, yeah, it's kind of more of a, like a bond kind of thing really than anything. Um, so yeah so like the breastfeeding again was was fine um second time round and yeah the recovery the recovery was fine as well yeah I just think like once you've done it the once like even your body I for me anyway like was just like okay it kind of remembers and just I just kind of found like even like I don't even remember my milk coming in with Sadie you know that kind of way like because I'd obviously breastfed before so they might have just gotten a bit like I you know I don't none of that stuff like seemed as horrendous as it did um first time round and yeah like I don't really there's really not much to say about like um Sadie I think like the, the only thing all right was um so I was like you know thought my I was like really you know good at my pelvic floor exercises while I was pregnant with Sadie um and I, I remember even like after giving birth and like checking and I could lift my pelvic floor and I was like yes you know because the last time I couldn't even feel it like everything was so numb so I was like okay like I've got this like it won't be as bad as the last time and it wasn't everything was fine but then just before Christmas I had a prolapse 
and didn't know what it was. Um, and then went into, it was actually a locum doctor and she was like, that sounds like a prolapse. But then she referred me on to, um, you know, like the, the kind of the, the surgery, I suppose, you know, process for it. And um, I was a bit like, oh God, do I need surgery? But I spoke to a physiotherapist and she was like, well, you know, like even if you do need surgery you need to do like rehab like physio rehab okay. first so um I've just finished that now more or less and um it seems to be oh it seems to be it's actually it's fine I kind of know the things that kind of trigger it and like it is something that I will have to work at but I suppose it's kind of something that would happen women maybe later in life during menopause and stuff so anyway, so I suppose, yeah, so with Sadie, it was really just like it was all, it all was kind of fine, really. But then, yeah, the prolapse put a bit of a dampener on my uh, on my my parade. But yeah, I kind of think it's just one of those things. I was like totally freaked out at the time. But mm. um, now that I know what it is and I kind of understand it a bit more. Um, and there's actually lots of brilliant information like lots of good people, like, you know, and qualified people on Instagram who are doing a really good job, actually, of, you know, informative content and kind of kind of just raising a bit of awareness for it and kind of yeah. explaining it. Um, yeah, so thanks very much for Not all, thank letting you. me air all my, uh, <laughs> my woes and my grievances. <laughs> Not at all. Thank you, Fiona. Thank you again to Fiona for sharing her story. If you would like to share yours, you're more than welcome to get in touch over on the Ireland's Birth Stories website. Click on the Share Your Stories tab and I will get back to you as soon as possible with a recording date. Thank you to those who have a little influx of people last week looking to share your story. So thank you. I will chat to you next week with another episode. Have a good week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.